Fourth of July shootings. Now, from what we know, 31 people were shot across the nation in various events. Or was that 31 shootings? I don't even remember exactly. I know here in New York City, 14 separate shootings took place. Several were fatal, uh, however, after the fact. But the vast majority had people surviving. In fact, medication, medical science has improved to such a point where that even some of the gravest shooting incidents have resulted because of the so-called golden hour rule and the rapid response of uh, people in the uh, um, in the industry uh, that is uh, the, the medical industry have saved many many lives in shootings that a few years ago probably would have resulted in uh, massive trauma and death but uh, improvements in uh, surgical techniques improvements in uh, first response uh, training has resulted in a higher level of survivability. Uh, even in the incidents uh, that took place, although six people did die in uh, the uh, in, in the shooting in Highland Park, there in the, the North Shore, uh, just uh, north of Chicago, the uh, uh, situation proved to be that people uh, can survive uh, if if uh, medical uh, responders get there in time with the right technology and the right capability so speaking of this uh shooting you know in uh in highland park and, and what we do know has occurred now it is it is very clear uh to those who uh cover these types of events uh journalists and like that uh you know uh when, when, when you when you look at all of these uh, situations that have come up and uh, where exactly uh, the nation is going with all this is uh, a, a general attitude that much of what has happened um, has come uh, at the hands in, in many of these mass shootings of young men who may, have been uh, on substances that have caused their altered states. Now, Robert Primo III, we don't know, he's 21 years old. He allegedly opened fire from the rooftop uh, during a 4th of July parade in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, and uh, evaded arrest for several hours. Now, police say that he was wearing women's clothing at the time to conceal himself, specifically to cover up his facial tattoos. He may have worn a wig during the actual shooting. Now, Cremo fired roughly 70 rounds into the crowd. It is believed that he acted uh, completely alone. Uh, police officials of Highland Park say that the rifle was similar to uh, an automatic rifle used in, in many other of these incidents, which is uh, generally a, a, an upper receiver that has been uh, made to uh, a higher capacity uh, device. There is no indication the shooting was religious or racially motivated. Uh, the Lake County Sheriff's Department Deputy Chief uh, Christopher Covelli said that uh, Cremo appeared to have planned the shooting for several weeks in advance of July 4th. Cremo was arrested five miles north of the scene of the shooting following what police officials 
said was the release of uh, Primo's photo and description uh, and, uh, of his vehicle. Now, Highland Park Police uh, has given an update on the shooting on the 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois, and about how Cremo pre-planned the attack for several weeks. And uh, we can uh, listen exactly to what exactly uh, occurred at that uh, press conference uh, here. And so we uh, give it to them. Uh, you know, these, these members of law enforcement who basically six hours after the shooting uh, had not only managed to uh, solve uh, who the shooter was, uh, but uh, catch him alive and bring him in to face justice. Let's listen in now to that uh, press conference and briefing that members of the Highland Park Police Department gave, as long as rather the uh, Lake County Sheriff's Department also gave in the North Shore of Chicago. Here it is. Opening fire on the innocent Independence Day celebration goers. The rifle was purchased in Illinois, and the information we have thus far is that it appears to have been purchased legally by Cremo. Uh, during the attack, Cremo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. During the attack, we believe that Cremo fired more than 70 rounds from this rifle into the crowd of innocent people. Following the attack, Cremo exited the roof, he dropped his rifle, and he blended in with the crowd, and he escaped. Uh, he walked to his mother's home, who lived in the area, and he blended right in with everybody else as they were running around, almost as he was uh, an innocent spectator as well. He borrowed his mother's vehicle. Uh, we issued an alert yesterday afternoon. Chief Jogman uh, provided the vehicle information and Cremo's information. Uh, we're very thankful that an alert member of the community saw Cremo's vehicle traveling southbound on Route 41, dialed 911, an alert North Chicago police officer spotted the vehicle, waited for additional backup units to arrive, conducted a traffic stop, and they were able to safely apprehend Cremo with no injuries to the officers. Inside the vehicle, there was a second rifle located. Uh, indications is that was purchased by Cremo as well. Thus far, over 30 people were injured during the attack, and this does not include the six who lost their lives. Right now, Cremo remains in custody at this time. Uh, there are no indications that there was anybody else involved in this attack. It, by all indications, it appears Cremo was acting by himself. The Lake County State's Attorney's Office has been with us from the ground level. They're with us this morning. They were with us through the night. Uh, we continue to review the information. Investigators are still developing leads and, and very critical information. Uh, once we're at a point where we're ready to review all of that information for charges, uh, we will sit down with the state's attorney and review for criminal charges. I'll, I'm going to turn this over to the mayor and then I'll be back up to answer questions. Mayor, thank you. Thank you. Today is a day of grieving together, a day to pause, a day to remember those who left us, those who were injured, and for strength for our community. Several vigil and prayer services are taking place today, both inside and beyond Highland Park. They are as follows. The Community Church of Lake Bluff, 117 East Scranton Avenue, Lake Bluff, will hold a prayer service today at noon. 
The service will include prayer and music at Christ Church on the corner of Route 60 and Waukegan Avenue in Lake Forest. Trinity Grace Church and Christ Church um, has organized a community prayer gathering at 3 p.m. at Trinity Grace Church, 1506 Half Day Road, Highland Park. Everyone is welcome. Highland Park Presbyterian Church, Trinity Episcopal, and other area faith leaders will hold an ecumenical community prayer vigil today at 7 p.m. at the Highland Park Presbyterian Church, 330 Laurel Avenue, Highland Park. All are welcome. Today, Highland Park High School, located at 433 Vine Avenue, in conjunction with community partners, is host hosting crisis counseling until 2 p.m. and is open to everyone. No appointments are necessary. Additionally, a Family Assistance Center will open tomorrow, July 6th at noon to provide support services and crisis assistance to those who were directly impacted at the parade. The location and hours of operations are pending. We'll get that information to the community as soon as we have it. Please go to the city website for more information. The Highland Park Police Department, the American Red Cross, and the FBI Victim Services Response Team are assisting with additional partners. The teams will engage with victims and families to assess their immediate needs and provide crisis intervention and other forms of emergency assistance. Anyone who is a victim of the incident and is in need of support can call 800-CALL-FBI. I know what a generous community we are a part of. and We are overwhelmed with the amount of support offered not only from those in Highland Park, but the surrounding region and throughout the nation. Thank you. For those who are looking to donate to victims and in support of the community, we ask that you be mindful of potential scams on GoFundMe and other fundraising avenues. This afternoon, we'll share additional information on the city's website regarding how to donate to the victims, survivors, and those who support the community. For all who have reached out with offers of equipment, food, and professional services, we thank you. Uh, thank you all for coming out today. I'll now turn the mic back to Deputy Chief Cavelli. Thanks, Mary. Any questions? Tell us about the motivation of the suspect cooperating, answering questions, and what more are you learning about the motivation might have been him from his online footprint? At this point, we have not developed a motive from him. Uh, investigators are very much furthering the investigation. Uh, they have been in discussions with him. I don't have anything to say about motivation thus far because it hasn't been provided. Sir, we've seen disturbing videos online. Were, more, were warning signs missed? The question was, there's disturbing videos online that have been seen. Uh, we are reviewing those. Those are going to be a part of any investigation uh, efforts by our task force investigators, Highland Park Police. We'll look at them and we'll see what they reveal. Should someone have flagged those videos? Bill. Give us an idea. Where in Illinois did he purchase the weapons? And also, when he went to his mother's house, did he tell her what he had done or was she unaware? The question was, uh, where did he purchase the weapons and did he tell his mother uh, what he had done? He purchased the weapons locally, uh, within the region, so the Chicagoland area. Uh, when he went to his mother's, we have no indication that he provided any information to her. Did he make, can you give us an idea of how many weapons did he purchase then, and when was that? So he was in possession of the firearm the day of, the rifle. He was in possession of another rifle in his vehicle when he was pulled over by police. Um, he also had other firearms that were recovered from a residence uh, that he was living in in Highwood. Those were all in his name? They were in his name. And all legally purchased? 
they were legally purchased. Chris, his, his level of disguise, right? So how did you guys identify him at this point? I mean, he, clearly there was a lot of planning. And do you have an idea when he placed himself on the roof? Like, is there a timeline? So, so we are working on the timeline, and we don't want to come out with inaccurate information on timing. Um, one of the asks that we have is members of the community, if you have any video of this individual uh, that is walking toward the parade, at the parade, uh, potentially on the roof or exiting to please call 1-800-CALL-FBI. As far as the disguise went, um, he wore that in an attempt to conceal himself. Do you have pictures of that that you can offer? I mean, what he looked like? Or potentially, I'll look into that and I'll have to get back to you. How do you guys Chris, I'm sorry. Considering the extensive digital trail, the disturbing videos, the amount of views garnered, was he known to law enforcement beforehand? And if not, why not? I can't get into that right now. There have been some law enforcement contacts, nothing of a violent nature. I can't get into the specifics of the context of that. And how many rifles? Our colleagues at NBC News are reporting that he purchased multiple weapons. Can you give us any details as to the weapons and how many he may have been in possession of? At this time, I know of the two rifles, and I know that there uh, were potentially pistols that he, he had owned as well. Sir, um, has he made any statements to investigators, and does he have an attorney? Uh, I'm not going to go into what he may or may not have said. The investigation is still moving forward. I'll provide that information later on. Do you, do you have any evidence he targeted anyone specific or was shooting randomly? Shooting appears to be completely random. But is it possible he chose the community because of the high population of Jewish people? I know people are concerned that it was an anti-Semitic attack. We have no information to suggest at this point it was racially motivated, motivated by religion, or any other protected status. Chris, with all the, video, Chris, with all the, the videos that appeared on... I believe still in place is an assault rifle ban in Highland Park, is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't have information on that right now, but we will get back to you on specifics. Chris, with all the videos of Primo prior to this, did anyone ever call Highland Park Police or tip off authorities that these were online? No, we, we're not, we were not made aware of these videos. Chris. How did you identify him as a suspect? Through surveillance video or by tracing the guns? So investigators did a really good job. The ATF was phenomenal yesterday. They expedited a uh, trace of the firearm. That was a major investigative lead for us. In addition to that, the witness statements, the videos that we obtained from uh, people that turned them in and the businesses, they all helped us tremendously. Can you break down the number of injuries, not the deceased, and can you also then further break down how many of those were gunshot victims and how many of the injured were not gunshot The information I have right now is that all of those that were either transported to the hospital or self-drove themselves to the hospital were injured by gunfire. So over 30 individuals that were injured by the gunfire, and they went to the three hospitals we mentioned yesterday. As a woman, how were you able to identify so early on that you were looking for for a male and the age range? He was identified by uh, a, a number of. Uh, there were police officers that were able to recognize his photo once it was revealed, and so, that helped tremendously. So, Chris, can you help us to understand when you say you know he was dressed as a woman during the shooting? Is that based on photographic evidence or what eyewitnesses have said? And also, can you tell us what type of weapon was used in the shoot? So it was a high-powered rifle that was used. It was uh, shot high-velocity rounds. Was it an AR-15? It could be similar to an AR-15. It okay. was similar to an AR-15. As far as identifying him with the women's clothes, he was seen on, on video camera in the women's clothes. Video camera uh, played a tremendous role in how we were able to identify him both 
uh, leaving initially and as he left. Chris, you say it was in a dress. Was it duplicates? Did the guns the same, and were they bought at the same? No, different and bought at separate locations. Yeah. Did he also have any more to a disguise? Did he have a wig on? Because it was reported that it was a man. I'm not exactly hair. sure what the woman's attire consisted of. Initially, it was reported that this person had long hair, so a wig isn't out of the question. Can you tell us more about the business, where he was, which roof was he on, and how did he get there exactly? Can you repeat that? Can you tell us more about the business where he was? Which roof was it and how did he get in there? It, it was a local business right in that vicinity. I'm not sure the name of the business. Uh, he was able to access the roof through a ladder that's affixed to the side of the building. We'll take three more, okay? What happened with, those, with that clothing? Did he dump it somewhere or did he have it on him? at all. We've talked with teachers who he was with in elementary school that have contacted his parents several times saying there were issues with him as a teen and a young child growing up. What type of cooperation sure. have you had One with of the parents? things that, that is important to remember here is the diligence and investigation. We're going to reach out to everybody we possibly can that has information, first-hand information about him, whether that's family members, teachers, uh, friends, whoever it is that has information, but it does take time. It takes time to gather who may know him, who knew him in the past, teachers. That is something that task force investigators are working on. They've interviewed a number of people thus far, but please keep in mind, we're 24 hours in. There's a lot of work to be done here. We're not done. Yeah, I don't want to get into levels of cooperation. No indication the weapons were modified. Okay, one more, one more. No children have passed away. We'll take your last address. One. They gave when he bought the weapons. What address did he give? I'm not sure what address he gave. I can get back to you on that. All right, we'll be back this afternoon about 3 o'clock. We hopefully have an updated status on charges. He'll remain in custody at this point. 3 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. So now we're into uh, another mass shooting incident that occurred in uh, the city of Highland Park, north of Chicago. A small community of about 30,000 people. It's a suburb on the North Shore that is relatively affluent, a mix mostly of Caucasians and Asians. Uh, a lot of the people who live and work there uh, are people from the uh, Jewish community, for example. Many of those are uh, affluent store owners in the Indian community. Um, when I say Indian, of course, I mean those from the subcontinent of India, you know, uh, those also from uh, other areas uh, who've, you know, done well and they don't want to live in Chirac, which is the city of Chicago that is much more violent. But there's a side issue to this, and it, and it was an issue that, that has been raised before an issue that a lot of people want to not really talk about, particularly people in the big pharma community. And that issue is the real issue that has been raised by members of law enforcement, be they in tactical units, anti-gang units, those in major law enforcement, on the reality that there are a lot of these mass shooting incidents involving people who are on substances that may provide the link between many of these mass shootings. Eric Harris's treatment with the antidepressant Lumox. 14 years later, claims of a link between antidepressants and violence have grown louder, if not really clearer. Almost all the school shooters that we know of 
have either been on or are using these drugs are in withdrawal from them. British psychiatrist Dr. David Healy is a leading voice in the call for much stronger warnings about antidepressants, and specifically withdrawal from the group of drugs called selective serotonin reintake inhibitors, SSRIs. Last July 20th, police say James Holmes walked into a midnight showing of the latest Batman movie in Aurora, Colorado, and opened fire, killing 12, wounding 58. The Denver Post reported Holmes was taking generic Zoloft, an SSRI. You can become emotionally numb when you go on these drugs. And that means that you can do things that you wouldn't normally contemplate doing. The truth may be elusive. Within days of the mass killing of children and teachers at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut, speculation rose about shooter Adam Lanza, his mental state and possible use of antidepressants. A man emerged even claiming to be Lanza's relative and blaming the drugs. Linked the Virginia Tech shooter to antidepressants. But state police later confirmed he had no antidepressants in his system. Doctors don't deny that suddenly stopping Paxil, Prozac, Effexor, Zoloft, or any of the others can cause a kind of withdrawal. They even have a name for it, SSRI discontinuation syndrome. The thing is, if you go on the internet and Google SSRI, the first thing that comes up is SSRI withdrawal shootings. And dozens of websites with names like usahitman.com claiming there's a direct link between antidepressant withdrawal and mass shootings. David, but Dr. Healy points to side effects we may not be told about, or effects some doctors may not believe. You can hear a voice. You can, for instance, hear the voice of God saying, kill that person over there, even though you don't know who he is, because I, God, know that he's thinking about trying to kill you. I've had a few people say that they were uncomfortable or they felt antsy or irritable or something else, but it never rose to the level of violence. Dr. Strauss does say the key to prescribing SSRI antidepressants is proper diagnosis and close doctor-patient communication. Dr. Healy agrees and warns these drugs are simply not vitamin serotonin that you can give to a patient so they can walk away cured. Doctors once were much better at being able to listen to the patients that came into them and work with them to try and work out is this drug causing the problem or not. They've since, for the last 25 years, gone by the clinical trials published in journals are said, well, we have to wait to hear what FDA say. We are talking about we are talking about something called SSRIs. Now, what are these drugs and what are the side effects? Well, the side effects are agitation, restlessness, confusion, anxiousness, hallucinations, suicidal thoughts, self-harm. All of these drugs produce these subtle changes in personality traits. They are SSRIs. If you look at the list, Quaaludes, Valium, Prozac, Calexa, uh, there's a Lexpre, Paxil, Zolf, there's a Vibram, there's a Flotine, there's a Paroxetine. These are just a few of these. And yes, these subjects have used these drugs because they have mental health issues, they're under stress, they have problems. 
Now, many of the anti-gun folks and the politicians, particularly the Democrats, do not want to talk about this. Why? Because of the political influence and massive donations from groups like Big Pharma that produce these medications. And the position on the issue is that there should be no connection between SSRIs and actual violence, even though these are listed as conditions that can occur as what are known as side effects and they're in the medication publications nonsense some would say uh well no the examples have very short lists and sometimes a very sadly long list you can look at uh well there's zephyr javier now he was in the sunbank mass shooting there's landlong the thousand oaks nightclub shooting you have uh, travis rankin well, he was in the Waffle House shooting that took place a few years back. There's, uh, of course, uh, Nicholas Cruz. Remember the Parkland school shooter? He was on SSRIs and he was mixing them with substances such as pot. So he was taking antidepressants and heavily smoking marijuana, which is a depressant. And guess what that does to your body? It screws it up. You had Devin Kelly, who was the Texas church shooter. He had a periodic list of abuse problems with narcotics, particularly those of the SSRI variety and also alcohol combined. You had uh, Sam Chong, who was a Virginia Tech school shooter, if you remember him. He also was put on these substances by his psychiatrist. You have uh, Aaron, or rather, uh, I'm sorry, Arkin uh, Caton. Uh, he was in the Cascade Mall shooting. You have Ivan Lopez, the fourth good shooter. Well, yes, he actually prescribed himself several types of SSRIs and was also found to have been using depressants along with his antidepressants to just further screwing up himself. You had Aaron Alexis, the Washington Navy Yard shooter. And uh, yes, he was also on the same pills. James Homer, he was a movie house shooter in Colorado who entered a, uh, a movie theater and uh, shot about 18 people. Yep, SSRIs as well. Robert Stewart, the uh, Pine Lake Rehab shooting. Well, he actually was angered because he had been cut off from his SSRIs and had gone through rehab to get off them and his abuse of them. And he went back to shoot up the place that got him off of those same pills. You have uh, uh, Tease Kazimichal. Now, he was in the northern Louisiana, or I'm sorry, Northern Illinois University shooting. Yes, he too was on SSRIs. There's the Rayo Lake, Minnesota shooter, and all of these, all of them, according to reports, were basically on the same substances that are a mix of depressants and antidepressants and alcohol and other substances that were gravely abused. All over North calls the scourge of gun violence on campuses a disease. And, and the disease in this case isn't the Second Amendment. The disease is youngsters who are steeped in a, in a, a culture of violence. Uh, they've been drugged in many cases. Nearly all of these perpetrators are male. If you look at what has happened to the young people, many of these young boys have been on Ritalin since they were in kindergarten. 
A host of bloggers also promote the claim that psychiatric drugs are fueling the behavior of many or most school shooters who were recently or currently on psychiatric medication, mostly antidepressants. In those cases, the meds were already treating severe underlying issues related to mental and emotional health. When asked to provide more specific evidence for Oliver North's claim, the NRA emailed us a 2011 review by the FDA, concluding that 31 psychiatric drugs, including three used for ADHD, had a disproportionate association with violence towards others. Prescription drugs like Ritalin are an identifiable cause of many school shootings. Common sense is never so common, according to Voltaire, you know, and let's hope that hopefully somehow by listening to this, we can talk about the problem of mass shootings and indeed the common denominator that many people are overlooking in many instances that these, uh, you know, substances have been causing. These are substances that need to be looked at and that when these are abused combined with you know uh, things that are contrary to their purpose. Meaning someone's taking depressants and then they're also taking antidepressants. Guess what? That screws up their system. And this is something that very few drug companies want to discuss. They will sue broadcasters if you talk about this. You write articles on it, you get lawyers on your butt every time. I don't know how long this thing's going to last on uh, social media when I post it. Because, let's face it, Big Pharma wants everybody on some kind of pill. So that, well, they end up having to be a pill you take for life. It's kind of like the uh, vaccines that they want to give people and give boosters every three or four or five months, even if it's been proven that in many instances they might not be necessary. However, they still try and push them out there. Push them. Push them into pills. Think about it. Think about that whole concept. But anyway, I digress. Remember, think about it. Learn. Don't abuse. Just use according to your doctor's orders. And do not mix medications that are designed specifically to reduce your depression with substances that increase your depression. If you mix an upper with a downer, you get screwed up. That's just very basic in life. Common sense isn't common. It's just there. I'm Michael of New York. We'll be back with more.